Hey everybody, welcome to Clark Talks, the Colombian's new podcast where we bring you the stories and views behind the news. I'm Damien Pizzanti. And I'm Katie Gillespie. So this is a new thing that we're trying here at The Columbian. Every week we're planning to bring you about a 30-minute long podcast that will go a little bit deeper into some of the stories that you've seen in print throughout the week. Uh, This week, for example, we'll be bringing in health reporter Marissa Harshman and a special guest to discuss the breast cancer special section that ran on Sunday featuring local stories of women with breast cancer. But every week we're going to try to tackle something a little bit different, whether it's affordable housing beer, local politics, just whatever you see in the paper, we're going to be uh, bringing you different kinds of stories here in a, in a different format. There will be times when we will bring to you topics that coincide with what we might have published in the paper recently or are going to be publishing in the very near future. And then other times we might break off on tangents of our own and just cover topics we feel are interesting. Every now and then we'll bring in some sources and have some longer discussions with them about things that you might or might not have read about. And maybe other times we're just going to go out and report on our own stories, but you'll find a lot of it here. And what we're hoping, since we know so many of our readers and people who live in Clark County commute over the river every day into Portland for their jobs, we're hoping that this will bring you a little bit more in touch with what's going on locally in a way that will fit really easy, easily into your life, whether you're on the road on the I-5 bridge or you're going out running errands real quick. This is something that'll be maybe a little bit more accessible for some of, for some of you than sitting down and reading the paper every morning. So looking forward to, to being able to offer that service here. Um, Damien, why don't we why don't we kind of introduce ourselves and why don't you go first and sure. talk about what you do. So as I said at the top, I'm Damien Pizzanti. Um, if you guys have read my work, you have known me to cover environmental issues and transportation issues and more recently the ports. Um, so some of the bigger topics I've been reporting on lately have been like the Vancouver Energy oil terminal and all the adjudication hearings surrounding that. Um, I've looked at the number of crashes on the bridge, which are crazy. So yeah, before that, or before I got here, I was a reporter up in Lewis County, and I covered a variety of the similar issues. So I covered a lot of transportation, again, transportation and uh, landscape issues. And so just coming down to this area seemed like a smooth transition. Before I came to Washington State, I was actually living in Montana. It's where I grew up and was born and raised, and came west after college. And true confession, I have never actually uh, came to Vancouver before taking this job, but I really like the place and plan on sticking around as long as I can. And like I said, I'm Katie Gillespie. Um, Up until a few weeks ago, I was the Clark County government reporter. I've been doing that for the last year and a half. Um, Anyone who's been reading The Columbian knows a little bit about some of the craziness that's been going on on that beat for the last several years and um, have really enjoyed getting to dive into local politics, some of the characters, some of the policies um, on that beat. More recently, however, I'm switching to covering education, local schools, WSU Vancouver, Clark College um, and any matters surrounding our local students and and their families. So I'm looking forward to taking on that challenge. Uh, Prior to working at the Columbian, I lived briefly in Redding, California, also covering education, but I'm a Washingtonian, born and raised, relatively new to the Vancouver area just in the time since taking this job, but um, I'm really enjoying it and I'm enjoying getting out there and exploring what Clark County has to offer. So... We are only 
only two of a staff of like seven or eight reporters. And we're going to bring on one of them today for you, our health reporter. But on these other following podcasts, we're going to bring in hopefully at least one reporter every time and have them talk to you a little bit about the kind of work that they do and the things they're interested in and um, maybe one of the bigger stories that they're working on at the time. So stay tuned. All right, so today we are um, going to introduce you guys to one of our fellow reporters. Marissa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am Marissa Harshman, health reporter at The Columbian. I've been here for seven years, writing about healthcare for five and a half. What were you covering before you did healthcare? Uh, small cities. I was doing the Battleground, Camas, Washougal, La Center circuit, covering city government. and. I always forget you've been here seven years. Yeah, it's just seven years. Yeah. So out of that seven, you've been doing the breast cancer tab for how many? Uh, this is the fourth year of the, the tab. We started it in 2013. This year, the last couple years, it's been 20 pages, um, and it's kind of like a magazine sort of that gets inserted into the paper, uh, and it's just entirely devoted to breast cancer. And then we usually have also a story that's on the, the front page of the, the regular paper, too, that ties into it. But it's a special pull-out section um, that runs in October. What got the Columbian interested in covering, doing something so big during Breast Cancer Awareness Month? That was largely it, is there's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so there's um, stories out there all month about people with breast cancer, and we kind of just realized that there are so many people in this community, so many people across the country, but in this community too, that are touched by breast cancer, either they themselves have had it, a family member, a friend, a coworker. seems like everyone knows someone who's had breast cancer or, or been affected by it, and um, along that same line, that then means there are a lot of people with stories about breast cancer and their own personal stories or how it's affected their lives. And there's a lot of local, um, you know, organizations trying to help people with breast cancer. There's a lot of technology and surgical advancements related to breast cancer all happening in our community. And so we just saw it as an opportunity to really highlight um, some of those personal stories and. Uh, other good things going on in the community and do it at a time when everyone's kind of turned turned and focused on breast cancer already. Now does the format stay largely the same every year or um, is like this year's tab somehow different than like last year and the year before us? Um, it stayed similar. We usually have at least a couple profiles of women in the community sharing their own personal story of breast cancer. Um, and those all look different, just kind of depending. And then it seems like there's always been some sort of surgical story, which not really intentional, but just we find out about things. And um, so there's kind of been a, a story the last several years about surgery or um, some sort of approach to either breast cancer treatment or reconstruction that's surgical. Um, and then, which is probably, I mean, there's so much advancement yeah. year over year that it makes sense mm -hmm. to have some kind of like a new, fresh look. Yep. At here, here's what's new happened type in the last of surgery, year. Yeah. New, yep. Um, and then it seems like we we tend to also have something that um, is tied to not necessarily the cancer itself. Uh, like this year, I have something about lymphedema and kind of what that is. And in the past, we've done 
you know, um, physical therapy. How can physical therapy help when you're recovering? So um, seems like there's always some sort of tangent with that. And then there are the local um, either Race for a Cure that's Komen in Portland, and then in in Vancouver, the Girlfriends Run for a Cure, and we try to highlight one of those at least every year. Um, depending on kind of the date that the tab falls and when the event is, whether we cover it or um, advance an upcoming event. So it kind of does follow a similar model, um, not entirely intentional, but we do want to have a variety. You don't want to have, you know, a, a whole thing full of the exact same stories. So, And some of it's also timely. Um, a couple years ago when... Uh, the Angelina Jolie had the preventive mastectomy that kind of sparked a lot of people talking about preventive mastectomies and and testing for BRCA gene mutation and so we had a story about you know a family where they were undergoing testing and doing those preventive surgeries so it kind of ties into what else is going on in the community or in the country too and you've done all the work on this because you got back for maternity leave a hot minute ago it's mm-hmm. been what like four weeks yeah. now mm-hmm. so I mean you did all of this work how many stories was it that you ended up writing I did uh, six or seven stories and then compiled some kind of reader um, reader submissions some stats and fa- facts boxes and it's a lot of work is the <laughs> it's a yeah, lot of work it is, it's a lot it is it's a lot of work it takes a lot of planning luckily i have a lot of good connections with the medical providers in the community and um kind of the organizations that are involved with breast cancer and so it makes it a lot easier i can just turn to them and ask for help and they connect me with people so for our first episode today we're sitting down uh with Jennifer McDaniel. Um, Jennifer is featured in the uh, breast cancer special section that Marissa has been putting together. Um, And and this is the first year that you guys have taken tips, right, Marissa, for the breast cancer? Yes, first year that we decided to reach out to readers, ask them to submit advice for, um, you know, people who've gone through breast cancer to submit advice for women who are just getting the diagnosis. Jennifer, before we get started, can you just read what you submitted or a little bit of what you submitted um, for the the section here? Sure, Katie, I'll be happy to. Um, Fight like a girl. This was etched into a pendant given to me by a dear friend when I fought and beat stage three invasive breast cancer two years ago. She was so right. I needed that reminder daily as I went through months and months of chemo, bilateral mastectomy surgeries, and radiation treatments. Regardless of where you are in your diagnosis, there's no sugarcoating this journey for you. You will have good days and days that you just can't function, but that's okay. Now is the time to reach out to others, family, friends, and your faith. They were my angels there when I needed them the most. Also, if you can, please bring someone with you to the doctor's appointments and treatments. There's so much information being thrown at you all at once, and it helps to have another set of ears to hear important things. Always remember that this is your body, and you are in charge of making treatment decisions. Do your research. I visited websites, read every bit of info my oncologist gave to me, and asked friends for first-hand advice, especially with regard to reconstruction options. I took my doctor's advice and chose a very aggressive treatment path, but it might not be for everyone. I'm glad I did, though, because I'm now healthy and cancer-free. You are strong, too, and you can do this, sending many prayers for strength, and know that we, the survivors, are all around you, lifting you up. 
Wow. Well, I can see why, why you said that was such a good one. Um, Absolutely. Well, Jennifer, when were you diagnosed with, with breast cancer? Well, um, I started noticing um, some abnormalities uh, with my left breast in February of 2004. And um, I'm embarrassed to say, unfortunately, I hadn't had my mammogram in a couple of years. So it came all of a sudden, noticed some differences, a lump and some discoloration, and it progressed uh, as the months went by. And uh, by May, I had made an appointment uh, with my primary care physician uh, to have an exam. And uh, so I went in about early May of 2014, and she sent me right away uh, to the radiologist, and, and, and we had a mammogram. And um, they sent me immediately to uh, biopsy. So it was very, very quick. So May of 2014 is, is when um, they gave me my diagnosis. So a little more than two years ago. Correct. Wow. So, wow. So they, they saw a section in there where you were talking about um, telling people to like bring a friend with you and um, resources to look into and things like that. Now, was that advice that was given to you, or did you have to sort of find that out and you're passing that on to people through your own experiences? No, um, I was advised to bring someone uh, by my physician. Um, and it, it was apparent when you receive a diagnosis from your doctor, it's it hits you like you're in front of a train. You feel everything's going in slow motion. You're trying to absorb all of the information because it's it's quite... Um, uh, intense. And so it's really important to have another set of eyes and ears go with you um, when you uh, are in chemo training, when you are, you know, getting your treatment options from your oncologist, and when you're meeting doctors, especially for the first time, because they cover a lot of information. And that was something that was reoccurring advice. That was something a lot of people said is have someone with you because you will be so overwhelmed that you might not process. You'll hear it, but not process it. And exactly. Someone else can help you remember later what you, you forgot. Exactly. And there's a lot of medical terms. Um, and, you know, go take advantage of the trainings that they offer. Take advantage of uh, online uh, information as well. Do your research. Um, it's it's a lot to to take in. So and you're you're the one that's going through it, and you're the one that has to make all of the decisions. And so it's really important that you have as much information, uh, good information. And there's a lot out there is, that you can get. Were you working the entire time? I was. Um, I never left the council. Um, I continued to attend council meetings as many as I could. And, and um, I don't remember how many I missed, but it wasn't very many. Um, I just continued to attend uh, uh, through the chemo and even after losing all my hair. And, and um, I continued to work at my church. Um, I was a parish administrator for St. Anne's Episcopal Church. Mm. had been for a number of years. And I continued to, um, to work there and get the bulletin out every Sunday, <laughs> which was you know, hard for people to understand sometimes. But, you know, quite frankly, it was, it was important for me to keep things as normal as possible. I wanted to work through it as much as I could. Mm -hmm. There were times, especially the last couple of months of chemo, because I was in chemo for over six months. And the last couple of months of chemo, as it builds up in your body, 
you get weaker and weaker mm. and it's tougher to keep up a schedule. But I did um, the best that I could do. I imagine it was probably a really big decision to uh, decide to stay as active as you were and even as being like a public official and dealing with, you know, such a really personal health challenge. It was. It absolutely was. Um, but and I was very open with my diagnosis and all my treatments. Um, I'm a big Facebook uh, poster, and so I would post pictures when I was going in for surgeries. I would post pictures throughout my treatment, and uh, I even posted the day that my all my hair started falling out, and um, I sat with my daughter on the back porch and handed her a, a a uh, clip, pair of clippers and told her to go for it <laughs> and we took pictures and put it up on Facebook so it was in 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 you know there there um there are good things that happen though because of this disease uh, not not everything is negative it was it was hard to go through treatments it was hard um I had like I said six months of chemo um then I had a bilateral mastectomy and um and I had two and a half months of radiation after that. So, what um, were those good things? Well, <laughs> since you bring it up, um, you know, my my daughter uh, watched me go through this, and about halfway through my chemo treatment, um, she decided she wanted to donate her hair to Locks of Love, and so I took her over to the um, the salon and. Uh, we got some pictures there too, and she was so proud of herself that she could do something for someone who was going through uh, what I was going through, and that really meant a lot to me. Do you think it brought your family closer together during that time period? Oh, definitely, absolutely. And I would have have to say that you know that now is the time, and like I said in my letter to lean on your family and your friends, let people do for you. Um, I mean, I can't thank my church family enough for bringing meals to, to help me feed my family when I was so sick in bed that I couldn't move mm -hmm. and I couldn't do for my family. Uh, others stepped in and I just can't thank them enough for that. Marissa, how many of these breast cancer tabs have you done? This is the fourth one. Oh, really? And I mean, it was really interesting to me when she brought up like some of the positives that can come through this. Now, is that like a thread that has run through some of the other things that women have talked about? Yep, definitely. It's It always amazes me because you have these women who are going through six months of chemo and then surgeries and then more surgeries and, and just these this process that can last months or years and like, you know, there was positives and, you know, I grew close to my family. I, I, you know, found faith or my faith got stronger or, you know, I learned I had people in my life that I never realized would be there or I realized the people who were, I thought were in my corner weren't. And it's incredible how many people say they found so many blessings from a, a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm pretty curious, um, you know, I think you know firsthand as reporters, like it's our jobs to ask people questions that I, nobody else in society, I think, really has the privilege to ask them. So with, is it a challenge as a reporter to approach somebody about something that is so personal? Um, in some ways. Most, what I found is most, particularly with breast cancer, most women are like Jennifer and they want to help other women going through it. They they want to share advice. They want to share their story. I, I can't tell you how many people have said, you know, if anyone calls you after they read my story and they want to talk to me, give them my phone number. I mean, people wow. are just, 
they want to help and they want to, you know, guide other women through this. And I've found that more, more than anything. And so when, when you can kind of sense that about a person, it makes it so much easier to ask them questions about, you know, their, their treatment and their surgeries, because you just know that they, they want people to know because they don't want other women to feel alone. They want them to know they did it too. And, and they, you know, they can survive it. They can make it through just like I did. So Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot easier, but almost across the board, most breast cancer survivors I've come across want to help others. I absolutely know that to be true. Do you think about, you know, what if this came back or what if they didn't get it all? Or have you tried to kind of keep it as far out of mind as possible so it doesn't affect your daily life? Right. Um, I think you appreciate, um, getting up every day and going to work or uh, taking care of your family, uh, being with your friends, um, just doing things that are part of your daily life even more um, once you've experienced, you know, going through the treatments that I've gone through and, and you know, being worried that you, you may or may not make it through. You know, it's, it's a tough diagnosis. So um, I think that um, yeah, we definitely, we definitely, uh, need to move forward. And I, I try not to let the disease identify me, uh, so much as, as just having it be a part of, of my life and knowing that it's something I'll always, uh, have, have to be cognizant of, um, and as I'm going forward, I did, but I try not to let it define me. I'm trying to move forward and, and make my life as normal as possible again. Mm-hmm. Ran for office. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, that's one of the things, um, if you're comfortable talking about this, um, when the Jennifer, you know, you and I got acquainted when you were running for, for Clark County council and district four. And, um, I, I was surprised to hear from you later that, um, that your, your, you know, status as a breast cancer survivor came up in that campaign and, and, you know, as, as, as a negative about you. And, and I mean, can you talk a little bit about that and and what what that looked like and and like what that was like to go through right well when you're going through a campaign um you always want to put your best face forward always um so and then of course you know I was very open like I said with with my diagnosis my diagnosis and my treatment and my recovery um but there will always be people out there that, you know, want to use anything they can to uh, shine a negative light on you as a candidate. Uh, and so, yes, it, it came up. Um, the, it was just rumors that there was a, a negative uh, whisper campaign mm. uh, talking about my disease and, and uh, saying that, that I wasn't going to live and that I had, you know, stage four cancer again and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's just part of politics, I guess. People just want to, uh, you know, do anything they can to, um, to make it difficult for you to, to run a good, clean campaign. So... And it, it was that's, unfortunate. That's just crazy to me that that, <laughs> especially at a local level, that that yes. happens. Yeah. And, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, especially when it's it's absolutely not true, 
my oncologist would be happy to write me a note. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the best health of her life. <laughs> right. It's a top-level endorsement. <laughs> Did you ever address any of those rumors or just kind of let them lie as rumors and not give them attention? No, we decided to go a different route and um, and face it head on. And, and I even included a link to uh, the Pink Lemonade Project mm-hmm. on my uh, campaign Facebook page and website um, just to say, you know, it's all right. It's part of my past. It's mm-hmm. part of what I went through. It's who I am. And, and I absolutely want to do whatever I can to support other women who are going through the same thing that I went through. Just in case somebody listening to this doesn't know what it is, would you explain what the Pink Lemonade campaign is? The Pink Lemonade Project um, is a a nonprofit that basically offers uh, support and resources to women who are going through breast cancer and who are survivors. Mm -hmm. Um, They do a retreat every year for uh, women to survivors to go and and uh, you know commiserate with one another and learn uh, from one another and you know just draw strength from one another well so thank you so much jennifer for coming in we appreciate you telling our telling your story to us and you know, i'm sure women listening to this will uh will appreciate it as well so of course i'm happy to do it thank you All right, for our last segment, we're going to introduce you guys to another one of our reporters. And um, Patty is going to tell you about a particularly cool story for getting out in Clark County. So Patty, why don't you introduce yourself and um, what you cover here at the Columbian? Uh, Hi, I'm Patty. Uh, I cover affordable housing, demographics, charities, religion, and I often contribute to the life section of the paper. Been here for about four and a half years. So, so what did you uh, what did you write about for last last weekend's paper? Um, I wrote about places in and around Clark County that you can find pretty fall foliage. So, tell me, is this like the type of thing where people can like? Is it just drivable routes where they can see nice stuff, or is it like nice hikes, or kind of like a mix of the two? Um, it's a mix. Uh, I included some nearby places, you know, parks that you can go to and see foliage, as well as hikes that are a little bit farther away and then we've got a couple of drives you can take that take eh, between three and a half and four and a half hours to complete. Where's the best places to go right now? The best places to go right now since it's still relatively early in the season would be places at higher elevation Uh, so like Silver Star Mountain you know uh, Ed's trails up there as well as the Grouse Vista Trail, Harry's Ridge, which is another trail um, that you can take from Johnson Ridge Observatory near Mount St. Helens. Tell us about your interest in this story and why you wanted to do this story. Well, at first I thought it would be an easy story to do, but it turns out it's not super easy to do because it's not super easy to find fall color in Southwest Washington. And actually I wanted to do this because last year uh, one weekend I wanted to go out and just see fall color and I just started driving and I went to the wrong places. So through this story, I learned the correct places to go and actually see, you know, deciduous trees that change color as opposed to 
our, our evergreen trees that, that never change color. <laughs> well, there's more out there than just trees that you can see that are going to change colors too, right? Yeah, some of the best color right now, uh, again, is at higher elevations such as Silver Star and uh, Harris Ridge. And over there, you'll see more bushes, um, huckleberry bushes and grasses that are colorful as opposed to trees. It sounds like it's going to be a couple more weeks yet before down here in the lower elevations, closer to sea level, when we actually start seeing the colors change. Yeah, you can still see some some things changing at lower elevations. Um, I went to Vancouver Lake Park the other day, and some of the maple trees over there had some color, but you could wait a little bit. Um, you don't want to wait too long, because by November, a lot of the leaves will have dropped, especially if there's you know heavy rain or uh, strong wind, then, then you won't see as much color, because there won't be as many leaves left. Cool, so where can people read this story? Uh, you can find it online in the life section of the website. And are there any extra, do you have any extra features that are added with the story or? So online we've got a bunch of photos and then we've got a map of where all these different places are. So where the hikes start and where the parks are. And then we've got a couple maps showing how you, how you would drive along these routes and some different stops along those routes. Great. Thanks, Patty. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's our first one. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And if you have any feedback for us, whether you loved it or hated it or have any story suggestions for us, feel free to get in touch with us at podcast at We'll see you next week. See ya.